The Legal Corner Podcast Series. Welcome to today's episode of The Legal Corner, a podcast which covers a variety of legal issues to keep you informed. Hosted by attorney at law Colin Dinoon and communication specialist Leonardo Torres. Good to be back with you on the Legal Corner podcast series in this our final episode of season two. Special thanks to Daniil and Leonardo who did an excellent job in carrying you through the last couple of episodes. Today we'll be looking at lawyer well-being and our distinguished guest is Mr. Gary Miles. Just to tell you a bit about him, Gary Miles has been practicing law for more than four decades, primarily in litigation and more recently in family law. He has been a trial lawyer, managing partner, author, leader, and entrepreneur. He loves helping folks solve their problems. He is passionate about showing people how to free themselves from the prisons that entrap them. He has seen the pressures we face in the legal profession He is dedicated to helping his clients achieve fulfillment in their practice. He provides practical tools to help his clients overcome obstacles, freeing them to enjoy the success and freedom they crave. He loves supporting lawyers and lifting the legal profession. He hosts a podcast, The Free Lawyer, with two weekly episodes. He enjoys his Pinehurst, North Carolina home with his wife, Brenda, and they are two beautiful English Goldens. They have five children and five grandchildren so far. Good day to you, Gary, and welcome to Legal Corner. Well, thank you so much for having me, Colin. I'm really glad to be here with you and and with your audience. I appreciate it. How's uh, life in North Carolina? It's a beautiful place. It's um, uh, probably not unlike where you are in that the sun is often shining uh, yes, unlike sir. Baltimore, which was always gray, it's just always a blue sky here, except when we're having a storm. Right. And I know you're into golf, so what better place to be, right? There is no better place if you like golf than Pinehurst, North Carolina. Yeah. You said it, man. All right. Well, we're going to get right into it. Tell us a bit about your background, Gary, and what was your career trajectory like? So I... Um, I did very well in college and law school. I clerked in federal court, which in uh, this area is a a real benefit. But instead of going into big law, as most people did who were had my background, I I joined a small firm and joined a firm that specialized in litigation and litigation defense because I really wanted to learn how to become a trial lawyer. And I think I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I wanted to grow in a place where I could ultimately choose who I wanted to represent and how I wanted to handle the case and have more independence, more responsibility. And I joined that uh, firm in 1982 and have been there ever since. I was a junior associate, um, a partner, um, managing partner, and now I'm of counsel as I've transitioned the firm over to my son. But about 30 years of it, I ran the firm. How was that experience for you running your own firm? 
Well, I guess I describe as being like the stock market. Over, If you looked at it over time, it was an upward trajectory, but there were often uh, two steps up and one step back, or there were downtimes that were um, could be scary and stressful. Uh, losing a client, an associate leaving the firm, um, temporary money shortages. On the whole, I've been incredibly blessed and I'm very, very grateful. But there were times it was a very, very stressful existence to generate the business, um, keep staff, and and survive COVID, uh, all of those things. What would you say was your source of strength during the difficult times? Um, I'm sober in recovery. I've been sober for about um, 30 years, 31 years to be exact. And I practiced for a period of time when I was an active alcoholic, but the transition to being in recovery where I developed a different mindset, one of acceptance, one of gratitude, one of responsibility and accountability, um, helped me, helped me to weather all those storms. I, I had a faith that everything would be okay. No matter what happened, everything would be fine. And that fundamentally all was well. So I used to be filled with fear. Um, it was overwhelming. It was really irrational. I'd be afraid of things that weren't um, weren't even scary. But as I transitioned into recovery, I just developed a very different mindset, one of faith and and knowing that everything was happening for a reason, and that even though I didn't see the solution right then, over time I would, and it would be okay. Everything would be okay. Now you have a great podcast, as I said in your introduction, The Free Lawyer, which I listen to often, and you cover a lot of great content, uh, get towards empowering attorneys and promoting wellness and stuff like that. So what would you say, Gary, is the greatest threat that you have come across to lawyer well-being? Um, I think lawyers are under so much stress today. And if I had to pick the greatest threat, because there are more than one, but if I had to pick the greatest one, it was the tremendous time pressure that lawyers feel. Um, you know, I didn't really have that experience so much because my pressure more came from generating business to run my firm. But in most firms, particularly younger lawyers, are faced with high hourly billing requirements. They feel like they don't have a time to get mentored um, by a senior attorney. They don't have time to network or even think about building their own book of business. They just have to work so many hours. And and they feel this pressure that even when they're not working, they should be. So they're home with their family or they're on vacation and they're thinking, I'm not billing any hours right now. And then they feel minimized because their worth is simply measured by how many hours they build. And down to the 10th of an hour, which is to some of them almost insulting to be faced with just keeping track of all their time. And that's all that really matters to their firm. So they, they face burnout, they face stress and overwhelm as a result of those terrible time pressures. Would you say it is possible for a lawyer to both have a profitable book of business and a fulfilling personal life? Uh, I do. Um, it, it's not really easy, but it is, it is very possible. Part of it is learning how to build that book of business. And um, once a lawyer has a book of business, 
and continues to grow it, that gives that lawyer freedom and and leverage because then he's really a value to his firm. They don't want to let him go. They want to treat him fairly because he's financially valuable to the firm. And he also has leverage because if he wants to leave, he can go to another firm or better yet, open his own firm and and make more money than he was making before working less hours. You know, um, some lawyers charge $400 an hour and expected to bill seven hours in a day. If they were their own firm, billing three hours a day at $400 an hour, they'd be making much more money. So there are a lot of reasons why having that book of business gives a lawyer freedom to choose what he wants to do. And part of it comes with setting boundaries. And a lot of that is personal. The firms don't expect us to work 24-7. But yet sometimes in our own mind, when we're not working, we're still working. It's still in our mind. We're still thinking. We're still stressing. And a lot of it comes from learning how to set boundaries so that when you're not actually at work, you can be playing golf. You can be going fishing, going to the beach, um, going for a walk with your dogs, what, being with your spouse or your kids, whatever you find nurturing and, and lifting. Now, I want us to talk a bit about networking. Because as I see it, for young lawyers, there are two uh, challenges that they may encounter when it comes to networking. So the first would be many young attorneys fall into the category of the introvert. You know, so persons who are the more reflective type, even though they may be bold and brash in the courtroom, they need that time by themselves to recharge. So that's one challenge. And then you also have the challenge of being comfortable around your fellow attorneys, and you need now to network with persons outside of that remit. So persons in other industries, persons more senior to you, and so on. So give us a reflection on how we overcome those challenges. I actually did a podcast and a newsletter recently on this very topic, and highlighted that introverts often feel like they can't network. Um, the key to networking is to be true to yourself and to be genuine. If someone is a quiet, thoughtful person, um, but able to connect with friends, he can connect in the same way with someone he doesn't know. He can. It's not about meeting a thousand people if we go to an event. It's about connecting, having a real connection with some people. And a lot of it comes from preparation. What is what is the event that I'm going to? What's it about? What's its purpose? What kind of people will be there? Who do I want to meet? And then to go in just with some thoughtful questions you might ask. You know, Colin, it's nice to meet you. Tell me about what you do. What's your practice? What's your business? Um, how do you like it? You know, what's good about it? What What challenges do you have in it? Go in with questions because folks love to talk about themselves. And often those we call introverted are actually very deep thinkers and very good listeners. And there's nothing better in networking than being a good listener. When your person, they don't want to come in and say, Hey, I'm Gary Miles. I'm a great attorney. You want to work with me? That's not what people want. They want to be heard and listened to. And it's a matter of asking questions to identify their pain points. Um, the other challenge a lot of people feel is I don't have time to network because I'm working so darn hard. And, and again, I'd say I just pick. Pick the lane that works best for you. Sometimes people feel networking requires me to write articles, to speak at conferences, to go to associations, to do all these things. Pick what pick what you're good at. What are you most comfortable with? What's the style that works best for you? And and choose to do that. At this point, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back.
welcome back and thank you for staying with us. Gary, before the break, you were just talking to us about how introverts can network. And I just want to circle back to that tailpiece of my question that dealt with, you know, dealing with persons from other industries and so on, given that you've been in the business for so long. Uh, what advice can you give to us concerning that? You know, I, I think it's very normal to be a little bit nervous in that situation. Um, but actually, both parties are going to be nervous. Someone in a business is going to be nervous talking to a lawyer uh, because sometimes they find us intimidating. And a lot of th- things we have to do in life can create some fear apprehension. But the key is just to step through and, and do it. And and once the first time you meet someone um, in a different field you haven't worked in before, just be comfortable, as I said before, and asking some questions and looking the person in the eye and giving them a chance to speak. And after a couple of minutes, they're going on talking and you realize the person puts his pants on the same way you and I do. He's just another person. He's just another human walking this journey and he's happy to share whatever he or she is doing. So just step out of your comfort zone, connect with someone shake their hand, introduce yourself, and and think of some thoughtful questions you might ask to get some conversation going. How can young professionals avoid burnout? Well, it's not, honestly, it's not easy. Every time I, I connect with someone through LinkedIn, a younger attorney, they often talk about being burned out. And I guess there are a couple things I, w- I would say about that. The first is um, to, to set some boundaries. Set some boundaries at work so you don't get interrupted. Um, set some boundaries at home so when you're home, you're not doing work. We have such a desire to please the firm where we work. We tend to say, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I can do that. Yes, I can help you out. But there are times that we're, it's simply too much and it's beyond what we really can handle. So sometimes we have to say no. I can't think how many times in my life I've said yes to something that I've been asked to do. And then I turn around and say, what the heck did I say yes for? And then I start resenting the person who asked me even though I said yes, and really the right answer might have been no. Um, The other thing is to be more productive in our time. When we're so overwhelmed with so many things to do, we tend to flit from one thing to another. We tend to have three or four things on our desk we're we're working on. And I found that time blocking is a very, very effective tool. When we go in the morning from nine to 10, I'm just going to work on Collins' file. I'm going to do as much as I can to handle that complaint I'm drafting for him and get that done. And I'm not going to be interrupted. I'll even tell my assistant, don't interrupt me now. I'm going to work for an hour focused only on that. The phone rings. I'm not going to answer. I'm going to work on your file. Emails come through. I'm not going to respond to them. I'm going to work on your file for that hour. Then when I'm finished, I can return the calls that came in. I can answer the emails that came in. And that'll take me 15, 20 minutes. And then I pick my next project. And to put in the time, chance to take a break, to get some fresh air, to have a lunch, to call a colleague, to step outside. Um, You know, when we're marathon runners or football players, we we don't run every day, all day. We don't practice football every day, all day. The big game's coming up on Saturdays here in the States. They just have a walkthrough. They're very easy because they want to be fresh. But yet we lawyers just work all the time and we need to take breaks in our day. So um, set boundaries, use your time efficiently, blocking out time, prioritize what we have to do, do first things first. I had a terrible habit. When I was going to work on the important file, I tell myself I'm going to clean off my desk and do everything else first. So when I go to work on Collins' file, it's the only thing I have to do. 
But the reality is I'm just procrastinating, putting off the most important thing by doing all these things that aren't important. So prioritize. What are the most important things for us to do? And once we have a day where we get a lot done, we feel so much better. We feel so much freer. We feel so much more productive. What advice would you give specifically to lawyers who are now starting out? Who are now? Starting out. Starting out. Um, choose what, th spend some time reflecting on what you want to do. All too often, we live an unexamined life. We get out of law school. We get a, what we think is the job of our dreams. We're making good money, but we never really thought about, is that where we want to be? Is that how many hours we want to work? Is that how much money we have to make? Do we have the balance there? Is it a nice work environment? So I encourage younger lawyers to take some time and reflect on what your values are. What's most important to you? How important are money, prestige, number of hours you have to work, work-life balance, time for your family, independence, autonomy, the ability to choose what you want to do and how you want to do it. How do all those things balance out? Because sometimes we go to a firm and we feel like we're just, I spoke to someone today and she said, I just feel like a cog in a machine, like I'm doing what I'm told to do and I have no freedom. And so we need, we can figure out what it is that we want to do and then go after that and know that you always have a choice. You can always choose something different. You can always create whatever life you want to have, you can create. What advice would you give to mid-level associates? The key for a mid-level associate is building a book of business, um, which we talked about a little bit before. That book of business gives you power, leverage, and freedom. And when we're in law school, we learned how to write. We learned how to read. We learned how to argue persuasively. We haven't even learned how to be a lawyer. We learned that in our first couple of years of practice. But then we learn if we want to make partner, we need to actually bring business into the firm because the firm is only as good as the number of files and the number of income that it has. And they expect for you to be a partner that you bring in work. So that's really important. It also gives us freedom because that book is transportable. If we leave the firm, we can take it to another firm that may offer us a better arrangement or we can start our own practice. So I would say that's really the most important thing. And secondly, along with that is to always take care of yourself. You know, each year, the pressures that we have may mount. We think we've been, we learned how to be a lawyer. We learned how to do it. Then we started doing it well. Then we started doing a lot. And then we find, lo and behold, now they expect us to bring in business. And now that's another pressure. And so it's really important that we find time to take care of ourselves. Um, for me, I like walking my dogs, playing golf, uh, whatever it is we like to do to recharge our batteries, eating, eating well, sleeping well. My phone tells me 10.30 every night I'm supposed to go to sleep. It tells me to wake up at 6.30, but my one dog always wakes me up early. But, you know, set whatever schedule we want, eat well, exercise, enjoy your hobby, enjoy your family and your loved ones. And, and take care of yourself because we can work so hard and get to the end of life. And where are we? It's all about enjoying the journey, enjoying the day. As we get ready to wrap up, I know you're also a coach. So tell us a bit about the services that you offer and how they can enhance the life of a young professional. Yeah, I'm, I mentor attorneys and, and mostly younger attorneys because so many of them feel alone. They don't feel like they have anyone to talk to who understands what law is like. 
And they feel they can't chat with anybody in the firm and say, I'm confused, I'm overworked, I'm overwhelmed, because then they'll have a black mark on their record. And the, the firm is not receptive. They don't want to hear what you can't do. They don't want to hear necessarily how you're feeling. So I, there are a lot of coaches out there, and they're all very, very valuable. I bring 45 years of experience as a successful attorney to what I do, and I can listen to my clients. I can let them know what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong, and both are important. Um, we've talked about golf. I, I played golf competitively as a kid. I started in eighth grade. I've been playing now for 55 years. You think, Colin, I would know what I'm doing after 55 years. But the truth is I moved to Pinehurst. I lost my connection with my coach. My game went to pieces and I needed a golf coach. I still need a golf coach after 50 years because a golf coach tells me, oh, this is good in your swing, which is good to know because I might not have known I was doing that well and I might have screwed it up. And this is what we need to improve. And you got a really good swing. We got to tinker with a few things. Well, now I feel confident. I feel encouraged. I have clarity. And the same is true with mentoring an attorney. They may not know where they're going wrong. And they can get clarity about where they are. They can have someone who builds confidence in them and gives them support and encouragement and gives them really intelligent guidance about how to do what they're doing better. Gary, this has been a great conversation. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you, Colin. I enjoyed it. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Legal Corner podcast series. For more information, please visit us at our Facebook or Instagram pages or send your comments to thelegalcornerpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.